Hey everyone, it's just me at the top of the show to try and shift some units. Hey, Comedy Festival in Melbourne is very, very soon, and I have some shows that I need you to buy some tickets for. If you're into the podcast, come along. I'm doing six podcasts. Five of them, Don't You Know Who I Am, the old podcast. One, 100% hits, the best of 97, or the best of the best of 97. So these shows, uh, I'll do two at the Festival Club, which is at Max Watts as part of the Comedy Festival. So April 4th, it's a Tuesday night, and April 18th, I think I said 17th last time, it's 18th. That's Don't You Know Who I Am. Great names attached to all of these, so make sure you get a tickets. I think the show starts at 10.30, so it's a late one, but, you know, I'll get you out. I'll get you out by midnight. It's going to be fine. And then uh, I have uh, four shows at the Morris House, which is what the European Beer Cafe is now going to be called, which is at 3 o'clock on Saturdays during the festival. So season passes for the Morris House shows are only $50. That's all four shows, or it's $15 individually. Uh, the tickets for the uh, other shows are on sale at the Comedy Festival website, so go to comedyfestival.com.au for the tickets. Everything's going to be at joshua.com.au as well, though. Also, if you're a parent or you are a carer or you have nieces and nephews, I'm doing my kids' show in the Comedy Festival, so six shows only on weekends during the Comedy Festival at the Q Courthouse. Uh, tickets at joshua.com.au. The show is called Humankind. I love doing this show. It's a really nice show. You'll like it as an adult. The kids will love it. And, uh, yeah, it's it's really nice. I'm really, really proud of this show. So tickets for all those are at joshua.com.au. Big thanks to everyone who's Patreon subscribers. Hopefully you're enjoying the Pod Machine episodes. The one I did with 30 this week was a really good, really good batch of songs as well. We started with Oasis, Wonderwall. I had lots to say about it. It was good. Anyway, that's all I need to say. Enjoy this episode with Claire Hooper looking at volume 21. We're going into 1997. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to 100% Hits Volume Pod, the podcast that looks at the greatest compilation series this country's ever produced. And we go through it side by side. My name is Josh Earl. Today, first time on the show, please welcome into your hearts, into your ears. It's Claire Hooper, everyone. Yay! What a great honour. Thank you. Thank you so much. People do not care about my opinion of music, but they're going to hear it today. Well, what kind of what kind of music are you into? That's a good uh, yeah. starting point. I've got... Um... Here's where I am in my life, and I don't understand it. I, um, if Wade walks out of the kitchen, I turn the music off. Okay. Um, on my 40th birthday, we were on a long road trip from Adelaide Airport to the Barossa, and yep. Wade was like, it's your birthday, you get to choose the tunes. And I was like, complete silence, please. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. That's with two kids in the yeah. back. So, um, uh, yeah, I don't know what's happened. Is it? And I'm not... Um, I'm not treating the concept of autism lightly, but it's almost like I've become more, you know, like stimulus avoiding later in life. Becky's actually, my wife is actually the same. Really? Like, even though she teaches music classes and she loves music, if she's driving in the car, she'll have no sound. It's her, it's, she gets some quiet from having two kids and me yabbering at her. Yes, right? Yeah. And I also, um, the, the, um, kind of uh, flip side of that is I will be so emotionally affected by music because I've shut it. I try and keep it out of yeah. my life and I'll like a, a song will come on Wade's whatever radio he's playing on Spotify in the morning and it will make me remember something and I'll just start crying and I'll be like, turn it off, turn it <laughs> off. Right. This morning I went into the library and the um, toddlers were singing some song about fishes and I started singing. Oh. So because, because, yeah, it's like I've lost my resilience. It, yep. it um, affects me deeply and embarrassingly. Because uh, I used to do a radio show called Lime Champions. Oh, my Champions. God, I'm going to cry this whole pod. <laughs> no, we used a show called Lime Champions, and I would choose – it was a sketch show, and I would choose music to put under the sketches. And one of the songs that Beck wanted when she was birthing was Spiegel to Spiegel. It's like this beautiful piece of music. And I had put that under sketches – 
And so when it was playing and she was burst, she's like, you've ruined this song for me. Put it off. I'm expecting you and Damien Lawler to talk over the top of this. Talk about Bogan stuff. Uh, so this year, the year that this uh, disc came out is 97. What kind of stuff were you listening to in 97? Uh, 97 was really, that was a fun time for me because I was like, I was like early uni. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, and, was, um, I was year 11. Yeah. 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 Um, so I kind of, I remember the, I remember the transition in about year 12 because I was a real top 40 girl because I, yep. I, I took dance classes. I mean, what are you going to, of course you're going to be listening to. Yeah. There's no shame. Get on the floor. Of course you're going to dance to that. Yes. It's better for dancing. Yeah. I, I'm now looking back at all this stuff going, as a kid, I liked that. And then in my 20s, I was like, oh, no, that, I never was into that. And now I'm realising, no, I fucking liked no, it. It was really, great. You were so into yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, I mean, because it's great. It's delicious. Yeah. It's, yum, it's yummy, yummy music, right? Anyway, I do remember in year 12, I feel like it came to, I think I saw the Sabotage music video one morning on Rage. Yeah. I was like, what is, what is this? Yeah. And then I feel like Beastie Boys were gateway for me and I really abandoned Top 40 fast. I don't think I like, I don't think I burned everything. You know, like it was just all of a sudden, gosh, I'm trying to think of all the amazing things like Pavement. Do you remember yeah. Pavement? I've talked about Pavement on this show, how I went into, I saw Pavement, a film clip of theirs, or I think it was Cut Your Hair, went into our local record sh- shop, said to the guy, there was a, a a song on Rage, and he goes, it's Blink-182. I said, no, I don't think it was that. He goes, it was. Every kid your age has been coming in, it's Blink-182. So I got the Damn It single, took it home, went, this is not it. This is no. not what I wanted. And then it was like another like six months before I figured out it was pavement. Do you, oh, do you remember how hard it was? It was so hard to hunt things down. I remember oh. seeing Aphex Twin come to Daddy. No, no, it wasn't come to Daddy. It was the Window one. Window Licker? It was before that. It was the um, and it was like the two big um, puppets in a warehouse dancing yeah. really slowly and and trying to something that's so. Uh, it's really hard. I remember doing the dance that the big puppets were in my local music, yeah. like seventy eight records in Perth, and trying to like it's. I remember how hard it was to pin down the thing you loved, and also the the courage it took to go into an independent record store and say, "Hey, I heard this song," and the judgment from the people oh, behind the counter, because yes. they'd heard it all, and they looked down on every everyone's music taste. I remember going into Polyester Records here in Melbourne, and getting the Polyphonic Spree, their first album, and the guy going, "Where'd you hear about this?" And yeah. I said, "Well, on the also you've got it in here, like." I'm trying to buy it from you. It's not like I'm like asking for something you don't have. You've got it in here. Like, why are you shitting on me for like, yeah? It oh, was. It's yeah. an amazing business model, isn't it? And it is. I mean, really, it just speaks to the fact that they've like looked at your shoes, yeah, or the way you walked, or your school bag, or something. And I've gone absolutely not going to know anything good. Yep. Anyway, let's kick off this album. It kicks off with an absolute banger. This is the first time they've been on the podcast. This is their debut single, a little band called The Spice Girls, and this is Wannabe. I still remember the blocking of the music video. Yeah. Baby Spice still on the hat, not giving it back off the homeless guy. Victoria being what she would continue to be, which is the most wooden person <laughs> to ever see one. If you want to be my Why did nobody think of five different personalities before? That's exactly it. I think that was the key to the band. We knew all their names. Any band, you know, every member's name, good band. Yeah, it's like five girls, but it's the archetypes of girls. There are no other kinds of girls, just those ones. You know, like, and then and then under the banner of um, feminism. Yeah. Um, and you're like, oh, I think, I don't know if that is feminist, but I'm on board. I love it. So this song, this is the debut single, okay? It was written uh, by the group members with Matt Rowe and Richard Biff Stannard. 
during a they had a songwriting session for them the first time all five of these girls in the room with a songwriting team this is what they did apparently less than half an hour to do this song <laughs> um some people might have done a bit of pre-prep and all the girls had to do was like is it gonna be bam bam wow or zigga yeah. zigga 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 and that's what they say they said they was coming up with it was like well, four friends, because Victoria Beckham wasn't in the room. She oh, couldn't make it. She had an appointment to get to, but she was on the phone. So she was kind of saying her stuff over the phone, but she goes, I couldn't really contribute because I wasn't in the room. And they were saying, uh, Biff and Matt were saying, it was great because it was just like four friends in a room making each other laugh. That's where Zigga Zigga comes from. That's um, that's really cute. Yeah, it's great. I mean, think about it though. That would have been wild. They wouldn't have known how big they were going to be. No. They would have been like they would have been made some pretty big promises. Yeah. And um, well, they'd man, been what fun. They'd been so this is this is how it came to be. And so in March in 1994, a father and son team, Bob and Chris Herbert, together with a guy called Chic Murphy, under the business name of Heart Management, put an advertisement in the Stage magazine, and this is what it asked. Are you street smart, extrovert, ambitious, and able to sing and dance? Call this number. Sing and dance, four and five on the checklist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they want someone who's ambitious and, and able to put themselves out there. All right, just also to bring it back to 90s feminism, that is, that is how you create a feminist girl group, um, the machinations of many men. So 100, 100 people applied. Yeah. They got it down to the five. It was Victoria Adams. She was first in. Mm-hmm. Mel Brown. Victoria was first. Well. Mel Chisholm, Jerry Halliwell, and Michelle Stevenson. What? Who? Sorry. Who's Who's Michelle Stevenson? What? Yeah. Were they just afraid to have two Mel's? They They had two Mel's. Mel had, B, Mel, Mel uh, C. She would oh, also so been. Oh, Emma. Ma- Emma was the last one in. Baby Spice. Emma Bunton was the last one in. So what happened was Michelle Stevenson was kicked out of the band oh. because they said that she wasn't uh, committed as much as the others. Wow. And she's come out and said, my mum was diagnosed with cancer at the time and I was dealing with a lot of stuff. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. So they were called Touch. Ugh. Yeah. Oh. Touch. Do you reckon they would have been as big if even Emma Bunton comes and joins and they're still called Touch? No. Sporty Touch. Oh, Scary Touch. Oh, no. (laughs) Baby Touch. Baby Touch. (laughs) No good. No. What was, hey, what do we think Michelle Stevenson was going to be? She was going to be baby? She said she was going to be sexy. Sexy Spice. Oh. oh, better. Oh, funny to take out sexy and replace it with baby. Yeah. Um, you know, like I I'd, I, started with a big spiel about how 97s, you know, like I was well into my discovery of a whole. And so when the Spice Girls came out first, I found that really, like it was bright colours and it was hard not to like. Yeah. But my little cousin, who was like 12 at the time, loved them so much. It was so cute. She was like, I'll burn you a CD of them. I'm like, thanks, babe. And then never obviously listened to it. You yeah. know, like I still, I didn't identify as a Spice Girls fan. And it was only a little bit later that I started going to uni with a friend who was just like gorgeously obsessed. Yeah. And we'd go around to, her mum was so rich. And we'd go around to her rich lady house. And we'd watch Spice Girls docos and music videos yep. and we'd dress up like the Spice. And it started ironic. And they're really, it's a fine line, isn't yeah. it? My, and at some point we would just, at some point I just genuinely owned platform sandals. Yeah. My girlfriend in year 11 was obsessed with the Spice Girls. Okay. And had not only the dolls, also the deodorant. Wow. Do you know how they had the Impulse? I think it was Impulse. Probably. Yeah. I mean, of it's course sm- it was impossible. It smelled of vanilla. That's all I remember. It was mm-hmm. just this, this vanilla smell. And uh, her favourite was Baby Spice. Wow. Does she know how close she came to not <laughs> having her favourite? And uh, I remember her loving... See, at the time, I was year 11, I was starting to find my musical identity mm. and be against this kind of stuff, but just listening to this... It was Lisa Mariah Carey. She loved. They were her two favourites. Is that why when you walked into Polyester Records to buy yeah. Polysphonic Spray, is that why, like, was she walking in behind you just covering herself in Spice Girls deodorant? I remember, I've said this on the show before, I think, we were watching Rage and Billy Bragg's New England came on and after it finished, I was like, turned to her and said, that's the greatest song I've ever heard. <laughs> and she turned to me and said, that was the worst song I've ever heard in my life. And I was like, at that point going, I think this is not going to work. I don't think we're going to last. We didn't. We lasted another year. Do you, 
Would you agree now, though, that you're a grown-up person, that actually having different musical tastes I think is it's great. the best ever? Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so this album, so it took half hour to write it, only less than an hour to record it. Wow, man. N- 90 minutes, and they had... Do you think they could have got it better, though? I don't think they could. No, if they'd spent all day, wouldn't have got better. I think there is something into the first, the first thought is sometimes the best thought. Do you, know, do you know any other songs that magical that have been written that fast? <laughs> Paul McCartney reckons he wrote, he woke up and he had um, Yesterday in his yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was it Yesterday or another one? Let It Be, something like that. Whatever it was. Yeah. Some of that eggs and bacon. That was all, <laughs> That's what the original lines were. Uh, so um, the film clip is iconic. Yes. They break into a party with a bunch of stuffy rich people. Yep. Even though Victoria Beckham, that is her scene. Posh, yep. She's even having fun in there. Like, she seems like she's out of place. Like, I they do re- flips on the table. I really should have got a dramaturg over Victoria's entire essence, <laughs> shouldn't they? Well, it was directed by a guy called Johan Kamitz. He'd never done a, a movie, a film clip before. He'd done some uh, TV commercials in Sweden. Uh, he'd only did another one more film clip after this, which was Eagle Eye Cherry's Stay Tonight. Wow. Yeah, the other two. Because in 2000, he was killed crossing the road by a driver of an SUV. He'd been shot and the driver was speeding away from his attackers and the driver died as well. Like, so sad. Like, nice. Like, he had two pretty big hits. Like, Wannabe yeah. was number one in America. The only time that Spice Girls been number one. And Stay Tonight was a big song as well. And that, then, yeah. that guy probably had a Batman in him. That, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he could have, like... You'll never know. Yeah, like Spike Jones started doing film clips. This guy could have been the next one. Yeah. Anyway, Wannabe, The Spice Girls. That's it. Good what song. What a rad song. Well, and now the pod is over <laughs> because it will not get better. And, and listeners, uh, there will be more Spice Girls pretty much every episode. Some episodes, there's two songs. No. Yeah, that's how big they were. Two songs on the one compilation. All right, moving on. Another debut single. This one from someone who I claim is a friend of mine. This is Savage Garden and I Want You. Chicka Cherry Cola. This one didn't reach me. It, yep. did, it could not break through the cynical indie uh, wall that I built around myself. I, could, I didn't get into this. Now, I can hear that it's pop perfection, but I also can't imagine who did like it. So that is that is no, yeah. no shade on Darren Hayes. I'm saying... Who hey, liked this? Darren and I became friends because I bagged him out online. Oh, that's, that's fine. That's well, we, uh, all right, maybe he, a little shade then. And he, and he called me out for it and I thought that's very funny. And then we went in the DMs and now we're, we're cool. He is cool. Yes. He's a cool, funny guy. Yeah. I don't so, – so I'm not saying I'm, – I'm saying it's a, it's a very neat and tidy song. Perfect. Perfect song. Perfect pop song. What? Tell me who's listening to it when. Like is it is – it, is it at a – is it at a high school formal? Is it being played there? It, are people listening to it in their in their car on the way home from work? I can't. Can, like I just can't even imagine. You could play this on Cole's radio. No one's gonna be upset. Oh yeah, right. Okay. You could play. Like I it's, hope he's listening. <laughs> this is look. I think this song is what happens when you're a a boy growing up in Logan, obsessed with Madonna and Michael Jackson, but being forced to be in a covers band doing Kaysan, which is what he was. Okay. This yeah. is the type of stuff that comes out. So this kind of 
amazingly poppy hook, but with some kind of not edgy guitars, but some distorted guitar work in it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, of course, it was a bit of distorted guitar. I mean, it yeah. was, a, but it was a, it was ninety-seven. Yes, it was ninety-seven. Um, so this is almost like a the recoil or the backlash from having to do like rock. Yes. When you've actually got a Madonna heart. Yeah. 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 So this was number one in Canada for two weeks. It peaked at number four in Australia. I thought it was number one in Australia, but it oh didn't. yeah, I would have thought it was. And it also peaked at number four in the US as well. That's really good if it does as well in the states as here. Yeah, amazing. And so the reason it got big in the in the US is because Rosie O'Donnell loved the song, and she would oh, have well, that, it. So you could have just told me that. Now, who's listening to this? Rosie O'Donnell is the answer. She had it on her show on several episodes of the Rosie O'Donnell show. And then in the UK, it got to number 11, I think, and Iceland, it got to number nine. So it was global. It went, it went global. Uh, and then the other songs, Trudy Maddy Deep in To The Moon and Back, came out. But we'll talk about them in a future episode. We still will, oh, which is a shame because yeah. I, I, I understand those ones better. See, for me, when I heard this, I liked this song. And then the other ones, I was like, oh, I don't like now, the ballad right. pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this one, I was like, oh, this could be interesting. I don't know. Yes. Do you know, I do think you need three hits to triangulate an artist, don't you? It's like with one only, you don't know if this is their most rock or their most dance or their, you know, like, and and you need the three. Yep. So this is what Darren said about the song. He says, I have such a soft spot for this song. It just keeps on coming back. It's based on a dream that I had where I fell in love with a boy. And when I woke up, I missed him. I didn't know how I would ever feel that. I didn't know if I'd ever feel that feeling again. I had the most beautiful, melancholy, romantic grief. I remembered everything about the boy who I'd never met. The smell, the kiss, the feeling, the butterflies in my tummy, all that stuff. And so I spent about a week mourning that feeling. I used to think, maybe if I go to sleep, I'll see him again. Chicken cherry cola. <coughs> Excuse me. Not COVID. <clears throat> uh, so, um, yeah, okay. That's a really beautiful. It's nice. That makes me like it heaps more. Yeah. Pity uh, he couldn't say it at the time. Yes, exactly. Uh, so by the year's end, uh, no, the, the, so he and Daniel Johns, uh, Daniel Jones, sorry, not Daniel Johns. I know. Yeah. Always got that confused. Mm-hmm. Uh, they start off in a band called Crush and then they broke off and they had another name called Bliss and they had five songs, five song demo they sent around. They sent 150 uh, copies around to various uh, labels around the world. And then when they got signed, they changed their name to Savage Garden after a phrase from the Vampire Chronicles by Anne Rice. The, wow. sentence, the sentence was, beauty was a savage garden. Oh, there you go. That's um, three extra words <laughs> and it makes no more sense. No. Okay. All right, moving on. We've talked about one of these artists before, Mr. Lover Lover, Shaggy. Yeah. Now he's teamed up with another giant of the reggae scene. This is Maxi Priest and Shaggy and their song, That Girl. Is this one of the songs you remembered? Actually, no. It, it took the first. It took Shaggy's voice for me to be like, yeah, this yep. one. Not enough Shaggy in it for me. Takes you to a place of your fantasy. Walks you to the door, but you holds a key. That girl. Where is he? Ah, and he even says his trademark lover lover. It's enough. Okay, good. It's always fun to hear like a swing beat yeah. or a waltz beat or, you know, like something that's not classic 4-4. Love it. Well, I, I recognise the, the sample, but it was one of those songs that I'm like, I, I don't know what that song is, so I had to look it up. It's Booker T and the MGs, Green Onions is the name of the song that they've sampled there, which they've built the whole song around. Yeah, it is the reason the song's good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so this was the debut single from, oh, the first single from his sixth album, Man With The Fun. Uh, it got to... Top 20 in eight countries, the UK, where it uh, peaked at number 15. It also got to number three on the fin- in the Finnish charts, four in the Canadian charts, seven in Australia, because we love Shaggy. 
We still do love Shaggy. Yeah. Shaggy comes out, I'd say, once every two years. Really? Do you reckon that... Re- is it- Having worked on the project, I've been there since uh. 2016 and he's been on the show five times. <laughs> and every okay. time, and every time they're like, "Wow, you're out!" And we, they, we, they just talk about Mr. Bombastic every time, or yeah. it wasn't me. Yeah. So for yeah, for me, this song does not have enough Shaggy. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, cool, and yet absolutely great sample in it, but not enough Shaggy. Yeah. Well, Maxi Priest, uh, he had a couple of number one. Uh, he had a number one song in the US with uh, "Close to You." Do you remember the "Close to You"? Oh, you're going to have to find it now. I'll, I'll play. It's, I mean, I fully remember Maxi Priest as a well, he name also I heard on the radio. I don't, I don't remember. He did a cover of Wild World, the Cat Stevens yeah, song. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but this is close to you. Remember this. Oh, I'll play. I'll get it. Remember this? Yeah. Yeah. So, so but for me, this is like this. This is a this. Like that satisfies an appetite and Shaggy satisfies an appetite and putting them together doesn't make the dish any sweeter for me. I'm like, nah, just, just, but I get it. You know, like combine your, yeah. your selling power. But no, nah, for me, I'm like, I want close to you and then I want Mr. Bombastic. Yeah. And I don't care. I don't care for the, for the mix. Well, Shaggy was the it kind of reggae artist at the time to make like more pop crossover. And Maxi Priest in the in the late 80s, early 90s was had a bit of backlash from the reggae crowd for being a crossover artist. Yeah. And he was like, well, what do you want me to like, – I want to make a living out of this. Like yeah. it's not that bad. I'm getting more people eyes on uh, – because his uh, cousin, uh, Jacob Miller, was the front man for Inner Circle. You know, girl, I'm going to make you sweat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was his cousin. So pretty musical family as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the other thing I wanted to say about this song – was that they still work together, Maxi Priest and Shaggy. They released songs together in 2018 as well. Okay, cool. So I, I'm a bit too late giving my advice to them to stay, to stay apart. Well, Shaggy, Shaggy did the no. um, album with Sting as well. Oh, my God. They did an album is, together. When's this? Uh, probably 2016, 2017. Okay, cool. Well, you're very much in the zone where I've had kids and turned, yeah. turned to pure silence for my enjoyment. Some people would prefer pure silence to Shaggy. That's fine. Nah, he's all right. All right, moving on. Oh, I didn't think we'd talk about this band again. We've talked about them a lot in the first couple of episodes, but they're back now. This is from their album Bilingual. This is the Pet Shop Boys with Say A Vida E. That's the way life is. Oh, great. Listeners, if you could see Claire's face as she's recognised this song and went, oh, this is the Pet Shop Boys. This is great. It's fantastic. Well, I know the Pet Shop Boys. I'm not surprised the Pet Shop Boys are great. But it doesn't sound like other Pet Shop Boys songs. The vocals does. Yeah. But the drums, the horns. I mean, this is... This is a this is a, a smart addition to an 100% hit volume, yep. isn't it? Because it's like if you if, if Pet Shop Boys haven't been accessible to you before, this is like who's going to win you over? Yep. Good song. Yeah, that's... Um... I will say it's... The translation's not exactly correct, the Portuguese translation. Okay. So, Seia Vida A actually just means if life is, not that's the way life is. But, you know, it's from their album Bilingual. Maybe they need a few more lessons. It's fine. Um, sorry, and how fluent are you in Portuguese? I, d- I just looked this up. I just looked it up on Google Translate mm-hmm. to see if it was okay, right. Okay, cool. It's not... Look, Google doesn't always get the nuance. So, you know... I Maybe. reckon they probably did due diligence. Well, this song was one of the most widely played songs on UK radio in 96. And you understand why. This is a perfect song for radio. Yeah, it's it's rad because it has the it has the um heritage of it being like a beloved group with yep. some like with a bit of cool. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. There's nothing embarrassing about liking Pet Shop Boys, but they've made it so that everyone can like Pet Shop Boys. Yeah, it got to number 8 in the UK 
and was in the charts, top 50 for two months. It was top five in the Czech Republic, Finland. Hungry people, hungry love this song. Once again, those Hungarians are loving the songs off 100% hits. Spain, top 10 in Denmark. And even though it has a Portuguese title, not a hit in Portugal. Okay, that's interesting. That's because they were like, that is not the correct meaning of this phrase. (laughs) You know, um, what they've done is they've made a Pet Shop Boys song that actually suits the opening of a sporting match. Yes. Like that's that's true crossover culturally. Well, this is where the song came from. So they were on tour in South America for their Discovery Tour in 94 and there was a band uh, called Alodum. Uh, African-Brazilian band, and they had a song called Estrada de Paxio. I'm not, I'm not saying that right, but that's how it kind of says on the page. And they had a song similar to this. And so the Pet oh. Shop Boys played it with them on stage and then took it and then made it their oh. own. They credit them in the, in the the as the writers of the song. Okay. But Claire, how would you feel? Say you're the support act for a big yeah. comedian. You do this really great bit. They come mm. out and go, I love that bit. And then the next time you see them, they're like, doing your bit but they've just changed it a bit and then that goes global sorry um are you telling me there's a bigger comedian than me <laughs> no oh, imagine you're the comedian then and nah. there's, there's a support act who's got a bit you love and you go you know i'm going to change this I'll and just, make it big i know how to do this better <laughs> no nah, i'm joking yeah that's a that's a real but that, i mean that does happen in comedy doesn't it it does a little time. bit yeah and some people are doing i mean it's a real it's a real problem because comedy's so conversational i do you know when people are like oh man i'm so sorry that was an accident i thought yeah. I thought we talked about that backstage. I'm like, okay, all right, I guess so. Yeah. I, I've had a few situations where me and another comic have the same joke, and I know I came up with it independently, so I'm like, oh, it's fine. I'm not, I don't feel bad about doing it. The biggest one was me and Demetri Martin have the same joke. But it's Good a word, it's a wordplay. So it's like, yeah, it's, it was there to be had. Songs are a bit different. You go, oh, actually, I'm, I'm going to take this and make it something else. Yeah. Uh, the, the film clip for this, it's beautiful. It's black and white. And uh, Eva Mendes is in it as a teenager. Really? It was her first kind of like big acting thing. And uh, it was shot at Wet n Wild in Orlando, Florida. And it's, it's, look, it's a good film clip. A lot of young, good looking people just having fun on water slides and stuff. Yeah, hard to argue with that. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) And as I said on the Patreon episode with uh, Ferdy, Wet n Wild is the best theme park. I will say, though, I would very much enjoy a black and white music video with old, unattractive people on water slides. I'd be into that as well. That would be great. They should do a remix of this song and have just older people, like 50 years older than the teenagers. exact same cast as the original one. So we're talking what about, you know, just just 25 years. 25, yeah. 25 years have passed. Eva Mendes is still still holding up. Okay, (laughs) cool. All right. Hey, this is the first time this person's been on the podcast. I'm very excited to talk about him because there's a fact I love. This is George Michael and his song. Hold up. This is the first time George Michael's been on 100% hits and I'm here for it. Yes. You've got the you've got the big ones. First time Spice Girls, first time Savage Garden, George first time Michael. George Michael. Was he was he just holding oh as an indie uh, as a solo artist? Solo No, no, they only started in 91. Yeah. So Sorry. we didn't talk about Continue. the other stuff. But this, this is, is Spinning the Wheel, Forthright Edit. This is the one that they played, not the actual original. This is the Forthright Edit. I might actually go forward to the 30-second mark so we can hear the chorus. This is not the chorus. Yeah, I can, I can feel it coming. Wow, this is great. It is, isn't it? But hang on. But no. Okay, we'll wait. Just enjoy the music. It's a great song. <laughs> I'd never heard it before. Uh, I, but I just, okay, so you're telling me this is his first time. <laughs> his first because, time. But I, what about, 
I'm too sexy. What about um? I think he was. Faith? With, I think he was I with a different sex? label. Do you remember when he right. had that problem? He wouldn't okay. do any film okay. clips. He wanted to get out of his label and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. So I think now he's turned over to whoever puts this out, EMI or Polydor or something like that. And now he's he's available for the hundred percent okay. hits. All right. It's all just big business. It's all just the music. So I, I really want to talk to because I had Andy Hart from Frente on the podcast, and we talk about bizarre love triangle. I really wanted to ask her, which I just forgot. How, do you have to sign off on this to be on these? Do you want to be on it? Do you not want to be on it? Is this something that – because Kevin Mitchell from Jebediah was like – he was never asked, but if he did it in the 90s, he would have said no, whereas now he would definitely say yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I don't so know. He, I'm sure George right. Michael's not getting like a letter saying, hey, we're gonna, is it okay if we put this on? I'm sure it's just part of it. You know, though, he's um, if he swapped labels when he's already doing really well in his career, then he could actually have better negotiating power. It'll be a clause in the contract about how many different outlets they can put that song on. Well, yeah, and this is an edited, like it's the forthright edit, so it's not like the actual one that's on the album. Either. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. are we meant to be funny or should we just get no. into music um, contracting? Because, I mean, there would be uh, these, these things. It would be 20 pages long when oh, he signs. Absolutely. Signs off, and it would have a clause in it about when they're going to, use his music in compilations and for some newer artists they'd absolutely sign they'd be like i'm wrapped to be signed yeah and they would have no say yep i reckon he surely oh you know what though he he was occasionally a bit non-business minded yes he made a few mistakes he was i didn't realize this from doing he was so generous with his money he would watch he, well that's a mistake he loved uh uk morning tv and if there were people on there who were talking about, oh, I've got these, uh, you know, medical bills I need to pay, he would ring up anonymously to the station and say, hey, can you please pass on um, my details, give it a different name, and he would pay for so many of their, like, medical bills. So how do we know that if it was anonymously? I think friend, uh, friends and ex-lovers would have come Have subsequently yeah. said, yeah. Yeah. Man, that's so lovely. Yeah. Good guy. So this song... Uh, was was a pretty big hit. It was um, kept off the top spot in the UK by a song we've already talked about, "Wannabe." Get out. Yeah. So wow. Yeah. Um. Do you? I mean, do you reckon he his um, scandals? Yes. Or scandal in caps, full stop. You yeah. know, like, do you think it'd be regarded as quite as? Um. Yeah. So the scandal for those who don't know, he was uh, in a public. Toilet and a police you know, officer. On a notorious kind of, beat, right? Yeah. yeah. But it was the police. They had a whole operation there to trick men into um, soliciting sex. I mean, apart from anything else, I just don't feel like the police would invest as much money in catching people trying to hook up, right? No. But do you think... Sure. I mean, yeah, if, if that were a story nowadays, it wouldn't damage the artist as much, would it? I, it it's hard to say. I don't know. I mean... I yeah, think I now. Don't know, I don't know either. I think coming out now would not be something that the label would go, "Hey, don't come out because we want to sell your music to yeah. to young women." And I think that wouldn't affect people. If anything, play up your, your kind of queer sensibilities. Yeah, man, we love buy. Yeah, we love buy in the music industry. Yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. But back then, yeah. But he. The other. I thing, mean, not that I'm saying he was bi. I'm just saying he would have had more freedom of expression. From that, he also spiralled a bit with substance abuse, and he, yeah. there's a thing where he crashed the car into yeah. a building. And very, the UK people, I've told, I've said on the show, they're quite cooked, but they are quite funny. Someone wrote where he crashed next to it. Wham. <laughs> that's funny. That's yeah, funny. Yeah, that's really cute. Uh, so in 2011, I, I want to talk about this. He had a uh, track track at hot. Tracheotomy. That's it, tracheotomy. Uh, and he was in a coma for a while. What? Yeah. When he woke up, though, he had foreign accent syndrome. No. Yeah, and he talked in a West Country accent, which is the same as Hagrid from Harry Potter. Yorkshire? Yeah. Wow. I would love I would love him to go out and do a concert singing like Hagrid. That's extraordinary. Great. So good. And of all the accents to have, that's an okay one to do. As a white man. Oh, no. I know. I know. You wake up from a coma with like a, um, yeah, there are a bunch that yeah. that you'd have to just, you'd have to just order your coffee and mime for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, this is another fact. I, I didn't know this about him. Do you know how Britney at the, and Madonna at the MTV Music Awards did their big kiss with yeah. Christina Aguilera? Well, George Michael wanted to recreate that mm-hmm. the following year and he asked if Justin Timberlake would do it and Justin Timberlake said, no, I don't want to do it. He didn't want to do it the Brits. But Justin Timberlake, come and play ball. That would have been great. That would have been 
Excellent. You know if they did it now and he asked Harry Styles, Harry would do it. Harry would do it. Yeah. Bless you, Harry Styles. Absolutely do it. Anyway, great song, George Michael. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back after these messages. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And we're back. This is a band. I don't know what dirt they had on the people who made 100% hits, but this is the fifth time I've talked about them. Not much more I can say. Here is Culture and their song, Very Brave Title. Do you like it? No. <laughs> I mean, the obvious is to say, no, moving on, but I'll give it some time. I think they might have just offered competitive pricing. Because this, this is a top-notch filler. You've just come off the back of George Michael. Yeah. And so you're already dancing and you just keep doing the housework to this one and you don't resent it. You just don't remember it at the end. There's a bit coming up. I, maybe we'll get to it soon so I can turn it off. But it reminds me of another song we talked about. Okay. I think it's here. Oh, no, it's not there. Anyway, okay. it has real Montel Jordan, This Is How We Do It vibes. Oh, yeah. This is how we do what it. What yeah. a song. Yeah, we've talked about that in a yeah, previous show. Of course you have. Uh, so I think the, we've talked about these guys five times now. Well, I, to be honest, I think that I had the 100% hits with the with Montel Jordan song on it. It's a good one. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. That's why I did the live show. Uh, one time I just talked about the bread culture because um, I couldn't find anything else. This one, I think, though, is their best song so far. What? Really? I think. Would well, you remember the other four? Fly Girl. Um, oh, what else was I there? I do remember Culture. Yeah, they were around. There was Culture, CDB, Human Nature. They were the three boy bands in Australia. Yeah. So you don't, I mean, you, you're like, how have they made it for a fifth time? How has this happened? You're just sick of talking about them. But when you listen to that song, it might, nobody, nobody's going to vote for it in the hottest one. Country, no, right? no. But, but what you've got is a, you've just got a very competent yeah. dance floor song. Yep. Yeah, they're, they're, I think they've gone from kind of that slick kind of pop boy band, and this is more R and B, which yeah, I, I, I it think a bit more funk. I think this is more who they are as people. Okay, as well. right, right. Yeah, and the the album this is from. So this is the first track off the album after a little intro saying, "Yeah, we we're culture. We're going to do this," and it goes for like ninety seconds, and they kick into this. The album's called Take Your Time, and I think they're trying to shake off their squeaky clean image because the songs are. Booty funk, take your time, give it to me. Very sexual. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to they're trying to be men now. They're not a boy band. They're a man band. <laughs> Which sounds worse. Which does sound But yeah. A man band sounds sort of like you know, like a like a tool you get if you buy enough man shakes, you know? A man band it's is like a girdle. A girdle, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but they call it a man band. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. There's nothing girly about wearing a girdle. It's a man band. I know a comedian who, yeah. a, a male comedian who wore a girdle on no. stage. Yeah, for, oh, for a season. I won't no. say. I won't say who it was. For a season. For a, well, as a comedy festival season, every time he was on stage, he okay, put his little girdle on. Okay. Out there. Oh god. I don't know how you do it. For how an do you hour. know that? Um, because he's someone who worked with him told me. Somebody who worked with them. I'll, I'll tell you after about the girdle. You will yeah, be yeah. telling me afterwards, and but I. Uh, See, because I it's hard for me to listen to any more songs while I'm thinking about the girdle. It's because I uh, <gasps> oh I've never worn a girdle. Oh my god, I'm thinking of someone. Okay, but I 
there is a and Peter if you're listening you know I love you but there is a photographer in Melbourne who goes to all the shows and he's the reason I hit the gym so hard because every time <laughs> every time he gets me at uh, an angle it's the wrong angle uh, but I always thought it was the wrong angle and then I see Joel Creasy his photos and I'm like, oh no Joel looks great Joel's fantastic see Tommy Little oh they look fantastic and then you see me oh the hunchback of Notre Dame stepped on stage but yeah I'm all, I'm all fine now I've been hitting the gym, Claire. It's good. I know you have, and you look great. Thanks. And um, uh, I think, I mean, I think you might have a little bit of body dysmorphia. Like, yeah. I think you might be looking more critically at your own photos there. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, we talked about. I in- love that it's not for your sons. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I just want to be able to play ball with my sons and also look good in a Peter photo. Yeah. All right. This is. We talked about him last week with Charlie Clausen. This is his return of the Mac. It's the return of the return of the Mac singer. This is Mark Morrison and Crazy. Taking a while to drop. Sure does. It still go. hasn't dropped. Right. But even then, it hasn't quite dropped. Not really. It's like one of those songs where you start and you're dancing and your hands are kind of like up at your shoulders and you're waiting for the point to put your hands down or do a big jump and it never comes. Whole the song. edging of songs. <laughs> so this is the follow-up to Return of the Mac. And even in the song, it is the follow-up because he's talking about, hey, I've, went, I've gone number one. Now all these women think I'm crazy. It's pandemonium. Mm, cool. But... I would say he hadn't written, he hadn't released Return of the Mac when he wrote this because it was all on the same album. So he's just saying, yeah. He was really putting all his eggs in one basket. He was thinking Return he? of the Mac is going to be big. I believe in it. Maybe I'm wrong. He was right to believe in it. But they were on the same album. Never liked Return of the Mac. Didn't like Return of the Mac. I know, controversial, right? A lot of people have very fond, nostalgic memories about it and I do not like. And so this is like a watered down version of it, not into it. Well, this was, here's the thing. So this is the edited version. This was released first before Return the Mac, this what? song. Oh, so, all right. This is, I know. What? Crazy. How can you be talking about? A song that you've not even released going number one on another album. So Return the Mac, huge, blew up. So then they re-released this one and it made uh, top five in the UK for a while, he had the, he made history. He was the first UK artist, first solo artist, to have five singles in a row debut in the top ten. That's really impressive. Good yep. job. So it was crazy. Return the Mac, tripping, horny. Let's get down. Another artist who wants it known, he likes to fuck Mark <laughs> Morrison. So it was from the album. Uh, he also had another single from the album, Moan and Groan, that was also on the album. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, look, we talked about Mark Morrison last week. Wild, wild man. Sent a lookalike to uh, do his community service when he got arrested for taking oh, a stun gun. Wow. I looked more into the stun gun. So I, okay. I mentioned he took a stun, stun gun on a plane when he was flying to the Amer- America. He says he didn't know that was illegal, that you weren't allowed to take stun. He, he knew you weren't allowed to take, like, proper bullet guns. Stun guns, he thought, oh, that's that's fine. So... I just want to clear that up. Wow, it must be fun to live in that kind of state of innocence and mischief. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, as in for me, I'm very, very careful not to check I have no loose batteries. You know, like I live in fear of getting in a little bit of trouble and it must be so fun to just be like, I'm sure this would be fine. Like, what fun? I was worried about, I took my kids down to Tassie. They had yogurt pouches with fruit. I'm like, are we allowed to take this fruit in? Is this all right? Like, yeah, right. I don't oh, want to get. Yeah. We'll yeah. never, we'll never be the Mac. Once, once my kid, my eldest kid down there got a bit of like motion sickness and vomited on himself mm-hmm. and we didn't have 
all our clothes were in the suitcase that was yeah. coming out. We didn't have a spare one. And so he had to get off. Amateur. The, yeah, he had to get off the flight in Hobart. It was so cold with no shirt on. <gasps> and the dog came up and just jumped on him and licked him. He was afraid of dogs at the time. So it wasn't a great. That oh, whole trip, no. we were there for a week. Hated every single moment of it. It sucked. It sucked so much. Henry was like. What age? Henry was about uh, three months. Ollie was three and a half. Ah, oh, yuck. Just in a hotel. Yeah, Couldn't three, do much. Three-year-olds. Love a vom on a plane. Yeah. Love it. I didn't kind of realise, but yeah. And it's like, don't just pack them a spare set. Pack yourself a spare set because chances are they're turning to you with their big, sad, help me eyes yeah. right as they do it. Well, my, my kids are now 8 and 11 and they did something that I realised as well around that age is if you say you got car sickness and say, can I sit in the front seat? That might fix it. It, it does help and it <laughs> does work. The parents go, all right, so... We just drove to uh, Joanna Beach, which is like past like Apollo Bay. And uh, Henry got to sit in the front seat. And I'm like, this is, you're playing this up. You're not really sick. But I'm not going to say, no, you're not. Sit in the back. Yeah, that's it. That's right. Like, you're not going to play that game. Yeah, he's smart. He's just sitting in the front seat, feet up on the dash. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Hey, this is a song that I, uh, I don't think I'd heard since 1997. This is... A group called Amboza, and this is their song, Sunshine. <laughs> it's not fair, the poor Gypsy Kings. Yes. I feel like the 90s was a real era for for songs being able to go absolutely massive based entirely on the hook of somebody else's song. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's like, it still happens, but the 90s was when. It was like everyone was just... So It was like a race for the samples. Yeah. So for, especially foreign language bands, if they had a big hook, take them and just, yeah. I mean, at least Bieber... Went, no, no, I'm going to make this song with the group uh, that his big, I forget what the song is called, his big kind of mm. Spanish crossover. Mm. Or, uh, yeah. Anyway, that song to me, and I don't, I think it's maybe because I just sent my kids to a Spanish school, uh, bilingual school, sounds like the type of music that plays before the bell goes. <laughs> did you, did yeah. your school have that? We have that. What, yeah, we what? have the five minutes before the bell goes music. Did you have it when you went to school? I don't know why it's who let the dogs out so much. <laughs> I've never got an answer on that. Because uh, we have at the, my kids. My... Doesn't that speak to the school officer's attitude to the Can children? Because just... <laughs> ours is the Shakira song she did for the World Cup. Um, that's the one that that's keeps... the one that they play every... and my friend lives across the school and before they had kids at the school oh no he said, every morning would just drive us insane and we went over there once so can you change the song like i'm sick of waking up to the same song every morning and i think they changed it once but then they changed it once last year and oh are you in are so, you in the on, primary so school you're genuinely having the same song over and over because yeah. our school has a policy of a different song every morning but somehow who let de- <laughs> the dogs out keeps getting slipped ours is the I same love. Ours is the Shakira, whatever No, song it that's is, yeah. not okay. But they changed why, it. Why wouldn't you have a bit of variety? Well, they changed it last year. Okay. And the uh, the parents' Facebook group went off with, hey, why did why did they change the song? What's what's this new song? It turns out it was the song they changed it to was someone's cousin's band <laughs> at the school. And so they played it for a week and then they went back right. to Shakira. That just, that's just to get the Spotify plays up. I don't know. Right? They just went, oh, my Love cousin it. wrote a song and it's on Spotify. You can play Great. it. And so they played it. And now it's back to it. But the parents were like, what's going on? Why has this changed? It's like, because they probably got sick of playing the same song oh for God. fucking You know five what? Years. I mean, for people that don't have kids here, this is one of the most curious parts of being in a school community is the parents' Facebook group where people care about stuff. And I'm like, yeah. a, a real, like, you know what? The man has to be held accountable. But I also am like, I don't have time to listen, read or care mm. because it will be. And I feel really bad because, of course, often it's an important thing. But changing the song, it's like, cool. Yeah. Like my day has enough in it without showing any more curiosity than, oh, I think that's a different song. The end. Yeah. Like, let's not talk about it. Uh, yeah. Okay, I, that's my piece. I, 
I love it. I'm not in the group anymore. I dropped out, but Beck's in it. She always, she's keeps telling me, she goes, hey, it's popping off. You'd love it. I'm like, nah, I yeah, can't. This it gives me the, anxiety. I keep, I keep weight on the social so I don't have to be. Yeah. And it is so good to have your partner. They just give you, they give you the choicest cuts. Yeah. It's so good. I'm not in the, the community one as well where we live that's going off at the minute because there's an um, unhoused man who's taken up residence on a park bench and it's really started people arguing about what, what do I do? And people are like, go and say hello to them and be friendly. And they're like, oh, my kids play there. But what, what happens then? Well, tell them to be friendly and just yeah, be careful. Yeah, explain and, to your yeah. kids why that man's on a bench. <laughs> and, yeah. I that, guess I it's they, true. Yeah. They stop the comments. Anyway, this, Umboza. Cool. Yeah, okay, U- UK that. composers uh, Stuart Crichton and Michael Kilke. Now, Stuart Crichton, yeah. still in the music industry. Wow. At the time he was doing Umboza, he also had his other uh, outfit called Narcotic Thrust. No. No. It's an anagram of his name. Okay. Which, All right, okay. I'll, I'll pay that then. But so, otherwise, no. That's So, so I, did, I did anagrams of our name, Claire. <laughs> I, I could record under the name Jar Holes. Good. And you could be either Earlier Pooch mm-hmm. or Her Calorie Op. Her Calorie Op. I think earlier pooch. Earlier pooch. Don't you feel that yeah. to me? Yeah. And jar yeah. holes is jar cool. Holes. I mean, that sounds like... Jaru and jar holes together again. Oh, no, I was thinking of something more in the tool kind of area oh. in terms of the sound that comes from jar holes. Yep. Yeah. Hey, he also, Stuart Crichton, did this. He was the one who made Kylie Minogue's Can't Get Blue Monday Out of My Head, the New Order Kylie Minogue oh, crossover. Oh, so good. Oh, he's good then. He knows how to pick some good songs and remake them. Yeah, like as in, you might be critical about the 90s, take a good song and do a thing. But when you take a good song and do a good thing with it and you do that really well, then props to you. Um, Wow. So, I mean, didn't you, listening to that though, you're like, I reckon you you could throw that in a mix and get away with it nowadays. Uh, Don't you reckon? Sunshine, yeah. Absolutely. I I mean, Gypsy Kings are doing a lot of the heavy lifting there. Yeah, they're so the best bit of the song. They're the best bit. They're absolutely the best bit. But I'm I'm just saying the whole thing, that yep. package. I'm like, yeah, put it on a wedding dance floor. That's not. Yeah, I'm not being patronising there. I'm just saying that would slip in just fine. Nobody'd be like, nobody'd be going, oh, this is a flashback. Can you remember? Nobody'd be remembering it joyously. But they're no. just everyone would just eat it up. I agree. Stuart Crichton. Okay, more Stuart Crichton. Move to Australia. In 2008, because he'd done a whole lot of work with Delta Goodrum in 2007 and went, I'm going to live in Australia. So he did a whole bunch of work then with the Idol contestants. Oh, wow. Guy Sebastian, Shannon Noel, um, Damien Leith. He also, in 2016, moved to LA where he wrote for the Backstreet Boys, their 2018 album. He wrote pretty much all of it and produced it. Uh, Kesha, uh, Louis Tomlinson and Selena Gomez. He's still doing, he's still working and working at a very high standard too. Yeah, I love this. I, yeah. I love that because there's so many people that are like, there are so many people that dream big, try and become a star, fall away. Yeah. And I love that this is just his career and it's not, it's not even about him, it's about the music. Yeah. I love it. That's just like a, that's a, as a worker bee. I mean, if you're calling yourself narcotic thrust, no, I don't well, that think was a I don't think you're gonna yeah, be able to go. I'm gonna be the biggest pop star in the world. All right, our final song, our final song, Claire. They've been on the show before. We've talked about two of their songs. Andrew Levin's previous guest absolutely loves this group. This is JX, and this is their song. There's nothing I won't do. Imagining the words reverse general direction. There's nothing I won't do. Anything you want me to, I can't keep my hands off you. There's nothing I won't do. First year uni, Claire. You're in the O week. Playing this on the dance floor. There's nothing I won't do. Oh, baby, I think of you. My heart is on the line. Oh, baby, I can't. It's so good. It's. 
Oh, the shaker beat. What do you call that? What do you call that? I don't know. Oh, it... you know everything. No, I don't know. I don't know music theory. But you know the shaker shake. Okay, build back up again. You know how the last song we talked about did like. Yeah, that is how you build up and drop, right? Yeah. And um. All right. I could play the whole thing because it is a really fun song. Yeah, I mean, we should just play it under our conversation and just talk really loud yeah. like we're at O-Week. There's, there's, look, there's not much to talk about in what? terms of facts from JX. Okay. Uh, still working under different aliases. Really? Okay, Rex cool. the dog. Uh, the vocals are by a woman called uh, Shana and uh, she's done Do you, re- do you remember when you, were, when you were heaps younger and you didn't understand how the vocalist wasn't the star? Yeah. Like the vocalist was the face of the song and yep. then when these songs came out and you're like, with guest vocals by, you're like, but isn't that the yeah. person whose song it is? So she also sang on uh, You Belong To Me. You belong to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway, so that was, uh, that's her and that's, that's, uh, there's nothing I want to do. I think this is, of the three songs I've heard of theirs, this is the one I like the most. This is the one I, I would actually go back and listen to. Go, you know, I, I want to get that drop again. I think that's really good. Yeah, it's really good. It's one of those ones that makes you feel like you're at a rave. Yeah. Even though you're not cool enough to be at one. Well, this is also their third single and their third time on the pod. So clearly the people at the label like, these guys, these guys, these are the ones. guys know how to finish side A. Uh, and this was their highest charting single in the UK. Got to four. Got to number twenty six here in Australia. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we. I think it's a crowded marketplace. Yeah, and we didn't have the um, kind of dance culture, culture. Like, no. like the UK did. Anyway, that is the end That's of a shame, side isn't it? A, volume twenty one. Now they say it's one hundred percent hits. Let's go through them and see if there are one hundred percent hits okay. on here. Spice Girls Wannabe. I already know we don't have 100%. Okay. okay. Spice Girls Wannabe, a hit. Hit. I Want You, Savage Garden. All right, grudgingly, a hit. Maxi Priest and Shaggy, That Girl. I mean, sample group of two? What? No. No. Say Avita E, That's the Way Life Is, The Pet Shop Boys. 100% hit. Spinning the Wheel, forthright edit, George Michael. Yeah, absolutely, cracker. Culture, do you like it? I'm just, no, you don't. I just think that I just think it's a very sound filler track. I can't. You couldn't put it number one on side A, could you? Can I say yes. you were right? Where it was in the compilation, that did it all the favors in the world. If this was after Wannabe, you'd be on. Oh, nah. If yeah. it was after like um, yeah, crazy. Ha- nah. Came off the back of George Michael doing a very classy yeah. dance track. So we're gonna say no. Sorry. Crazy, Mark Morrison. No. Umboza, Sunshine. I'm giving it a yes. There we but, go. But only, I mean, as we said, very heavy lifting. Yeah. But that's fine. Uh, There's Nothing I Won't Do by JX. I'm giving it to them. Six out of nine. That's good. That's it's like 66%. Really good, that's 66% I think that was hits. too easy. Let's go back over them. <laughs> no, that's, that's pretty much where we have been for most of these episodes. Yeah. I mean, I, as... Every other guest has been. I'm just like so surprised how many of the songs I liked. That's good. It's good. I like it. It's good. Hey, next week we have Jess Maguire. She's going to tackle side B of this. So there's like Brian Adams. Oh, no. Yes. I'm sad I didn't get that because I hate his guts so much. Well, there's Garbage as well. Beautiful. On there. No, queer. And uh, there, oh, who else is on there? So, oh, someone else really, really good. Oh, uh, Geggy Tar and also Nada Surf. Two, two, oh, yeah. Two one-hit wonders. Interesting. It's great. Yeah. Hey, Claire, you have some shows in the Comedy Festival. Oh, yeah, I do. And, I mean, you're talking to people all around the world. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do Adelaide, then I'm going to do Canberra, Gold Coast, Melbourne Comedy Festival, and then I'll finish up in Brisbane. So, yeah, the show is Sweet Charity. Sweet Charity. And tickets are at your website? Comedy.com.au, thanks. Excellent. Yeah. Brilliant. Hey, thanks, everyone, for being Patreon subscribers. Hopefully you enjoyed this week's episode with 30 Billamoria. Super, super funny and uh, someone who, you know, absolutely loves some of the songs on there. It was good to see someone who is a big fan of the Out There Brothers because I <laughs> was not. Uh, anyway, that's all I need to say. If you want to be a Patreon subscriber, go to patreon.com slash D-Y-K-W-I-A. Hopefully you've got your tickets for the podcast in the festival. That's all I need to say. I'll see you next time. Bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.